You're listening to a very special episode of Classic Movies Live, the only podcast on Spotify with only very special episodes. Today, we're going to talk about the uh, first movie in our series of uh, talking about the Oscars Best Picture nominees for this year. Now, I say that's the first of, that we're talking about Oscars Best Picture nominees. We have already talked about Minari. We've already talked about Nomadland. And we've already talked about Mank. So that's three that we're not going to do another episode on. But uh, that still leaves us five movies we got to talk about. And the first of those is Anthony Hopkins' uh, newest, latest movie by French director Florian Zeller, The Father. Uh, this movie is nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Film Editing, and Best Production Design. We're going to talk a little bit about all of those things and... Uh, I think that's actually a pretty good uh, format to talk about the whole movie. So you'll probably hear us structure a lot of movies like that going forward. Anyway, you're about to hear us talk about The Father. So here is a little bit of music from The Father. listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about Oscars a lot. And today we're going to start talk we're going to start talking about the movies that are nominated for best picture. We've actually already covered a few of them, so we no longer need to do Minari or Nomadland or uh wasn't there another one that we talked about? That might be it actually. Um, no, there was uh uh I can't think of it, actually. I give up. Oh, well. Well, anyway, we're going to start talking about the rest of the Best Picture nominees, and I'm not going to list them all off here because it's irrelevant to today's episode in which we will discuss The Father. Uh, Pierre, what did you think of this movie? Um, It was solid, I guess. I personally wasn't a big fan, but I can see why it's getting a lot of attention um, for its take on, I guess, uh, dementia and uh, Alzheimer's, I guess. I think mm-hmm. it's the, yeah. Um, and it's a, uh, you know, that's something, I guess, it's a very relevant topic and it's, I guess it's a very hard watch too. So um, very risky and yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm actually not super surprised uh, that, you didn't love it because <laughs> uh, I, I did. And yeah. the reason I did, or at least like one thing that was a major, major, major factor is this movie, like it was very similar in specific ways that I really liked to I'm thinking of ending things, which we've also talked about on this podcast, which you mm-hmm. also didn't like. And I did. So like, I'm not entirely surprised, but I think we'll, we'll probably, 
We'll probably get to more specific criticisms as we go down the line of what this movie is nominated for, because this movie is nominated for six different awards, Pierre. Yeah, it's uh, it's got quite the quite the um, the collection of nominations. Some really good ones, honestly. Best actor, actress, screenplay, film editing, and production design. So mm-hmm. you know, those are those aren't those aren't some lame <laughs> those aren't some lame awards. Those are solid ones for sure. Yeah, and like the I think there's there's a popular thing called the top called the Big Eight, and I'm pretty sure that's uh, best picture. And then the six, the four different acting awards, and then like screenplay, screenplay, something else. I'm not entirely sure what the big eight Oscars are, but of those, it's nominated for at least three, which is yeah. no small feat considering this is the first movie ever directed by this director. Uh, he is not nominated, Florian Zeller, unfortunately for him, but. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Like he's a he's a very well known director of plays, and this is his transition into movies, and he knocked it out of the park, according to critics. So there you go. Yeah, he, I mean it's it's cool that I this this was basically what um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom could have been in terms of it. It was a it was a well transitioned movie from from a, a play to to I guess film, obviously. So yeah. Yeah, actually, I've I've heard that a lot, actually. But like the biggest criticism I hear of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is that it is uh, is that it's very, very play like, which, of course, it is a play. But like there's very little that they do in the movie that couldn't be done as uh, on stage. And like there's a little bit they do use the medium of film a little bit in that movie where you know you know to do things that wouldn't be possible on stage or wouldn't quite work on stage but i feel like in the father they do that a lot more uh that's that's just kind of my impression that i get yeah and there was more like cinematography tricks or like not tricks but like there is a lot more dynamic uh film stuff going on there that added a lot of layers to just the dialogue right um so yeah, I appreciate mm-hmm. that, and it's it's cool that um, the director uh, made the best use of the medium that he could, I guess. Well, I mean, at this point, I think as far as non-spoiler reviews go, we've basically reviewed the movie. So I'm gonna say <laughs> yeah. right now, as of this point, if there are if there's anything to spoil in this movie, we're not gonna care. So here's your spoiler warning, and we're gonna talk about what this movie's about. Here, why don't you summarize this movie for us? Uh, yeah, so it's a movie starring well Anthony Hopkins, who plays Anthony. Um, he is a elderly gentleman who is suffering from dementia. I don't think it ever states it outright what he's suffering from, but you know it's it's uh, pretty yeah. clear that. It is it's, dementia or Alzheimer's or it is I don't know if there's a difference of, actually, but it is some kind of memory loss. It could be Alzheimer's, it could be dementia, it could be potentially neither of those, but it's never specifically stated. Yeah. So so yeah, it it, it follows him and uh, kind of captures the how someone who's suffering from dementia may perceive the world and why they have a lot of trouble dealing with what's going on around them. And uh, it also deals with how it affects the people they love, like their family. um, Well, basically, yeah, their family (laughs) and then just their general livelihood. 
So yeah. it's, it's just kind of a good look at what that type of life is like. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess like, let's just get right into it. What did you think of Anthony Hopkins as Anthony nominated for best actor in a leading role? Uh, I don't, I've never seen Anthony Hopkins put in a bad performance. Um, this has, this was really great. I think he, I mean, it, <laughs> I almost feel like it's cheating just cause it's Anthony Hopkins to say, Oh, this guy was like amazing in this movie, but he really was. It's, this isn't, this isn't like, uh, the, the, the Oscar nomination isn't just like a, a, an honor to Anthony Hopkins and like his entire career. This is definitely, he deserves it. Um, he did really, really good. Um, and I don't know, he, he was able to, you know, like, it, it wasn't just him being um, a forgetful old man. Like, there's so many layers to it. You know, there's, like, there's comedy, there's pain, there's, like, there's one point in the movie where he basically, I guess it's, like, almost the climax where he basically becomes, like, a baby again, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's amazing to just see that shift in his acting and how and, and how often he's able to do it and then like even where we're almost kind of guessing we can't even tell if he's entirely like what what is affecting him and what isn't right it, it mm -hmm. leaves it kind of vague and like of, of what he remembers and what he doesn't but uh it was really important that he get that performance down right because if you don't have the performance then you don't have a movie because it's just symbolizing his pain so uh, and he yeah. did an amazing job of that so yeah what did you think Oh, I, I agree. I also like I, I'll agree with you that I've never seen Anthony Hopkins put in a bad performance. Uh, I've seen a few movies that were like not good that had Anthony Hopkins in them. But he was a, but he was potentially one of the strongest. He was one of the strongest uh, things in either of those in any of those movies like The Wolfman. He was in that and like he put in a great performance Thor uh, Two, The Dark World. He was in that and like. I can't say anything bad about about uh, Anthony Hopkins in that movie. Um, but like, yeah, I've, I've never <laughs> seen him put in a bad performance. I have seen more than just like his blockbuster, his, his blockbuster movies, but I, I haven't seen that many performances by him. Uh, that's a lot of qualifiers, but I do want basically what I'm saying is this is personally my performance probably ever. Uh, wow. Wait, you I haven't mean, seen Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, that's that's one of the things I haven't seen. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's still, yeah, I agree, though. This is definitely one of the better performances I've seen from him, for sure. Yeah, divorcing it from my thoughts, you know, versus every other Anthony Hopkins performance I've seen, I think this is an incredible performance, just hands down. Uh, as you said, without Anthony Hopkins nailing this performance, there is no movie. I fully agree. And, like... Not only did he nail it, he adds so much above and beyond that because this movie basically happens, I mean, definitely from his perspective, you could even argue to some degree this movie is all in his head. Uh, I mean, not in the way that like this is a dream or a dream sequence or anything like that. It's just kind of this movie happens, uh, plays out as the way that he perceives the world, essentially. and. Um, he brings just so much to that. And because of, because his performance is like, yeah, he'll go from being, you know, fairly subtle and just sort of an old man doing things to being eccentric and like 
feeling like like a young guy in an old man's or in an old man's body to sometimes being like weirdly aggressive and he'll make those shifts uh he'll make those shifts like perfectly but also that gives him such a dynamic performance that um you don't notice a lot of the uh cinematography and like editing tricks that they do in this movie um which makes them just so much more powerful so like Anthony Hopkins's performance isn't only just a really good Anthony Hopkins performance. It's also like bringing up the rest of the movie with it. I think this is, if this was not already such an incredibly strong year for, uh, for Oscars, uh, for best actor, I, I think Anthony Hopkins would like pretty easily be my favorite. I'm going to say that in a lot of these episodes because like, this is a very strong year for best actor. Yeah, I agree. The it's uh, it's it's amazing. Like, wait, wait, he is confirmed the oldest. No, yeah, he's the oldest Oscar nominee ever. Yes. Um, and I think it, I couldn't have chosen a better person to to be to be given that honor. I guess so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Great, great performance by him. Um, um this movie has. Yes. I think only six actors in it. <laughs> like I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and it has only of six. And I think that's correct. I think there's only six people in this, but one of those that is not Anthony Hopkins is also nominated for an award. Best supporting actress, Olivia Coleman. Mm -hmm. Who, uh, I, I, I only, I've only seen her. I think it was the favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember her from specifically from any other movies, but uh, she was amazing in that movie. And um, she was, I, I don't know if I want to say amazing in this, but she was really good. Uh, yeah. I'd say her character is given a lot less to work with. Um, there's mostly, mostly she's just dealing with the pain of kind of losing her father in a way um, mm -hmm. and, and trying and learn, trying to let go. But like, we don't really see, she's not really given an arc a character arc in the movie and uh it's a relatively one-dimensional role so yeah 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 i mostly agree i would say um i think she is very good uh and she's very good with what she's given she's not really given that much like she is kind of the definition of a supporting actress in this movie she exists basically mm -hmm. to support anthony's arc which is fine because that's what this story requires. But like, it does mean that as far as I'm concerned, there's very little to say about Olivia Coleman. Yeah. And also I, I, I don't really think she should win an Oscar for this performance. <laughs> Thus breaking, I guess the, um, I, I think personally, I think that uh, Glenn Close should win the Oscar <laughs> over Olivia Coleman. I'm, so we'll see. I'm honestly a little, I'm a little surprised that Olivia Coleman got nominated, but um, I mean, I'm happy about it because I think that the supporting actress category is a category that has mostly people that I like, but I can definitely think of one or two actresses that I would have probably nominated over Olivia Coleman. For sure. And I, 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 I still, after seeing this, I still 100% think it should either be uh, Maria or... Uh, the woman from Minari. I'm so bad with you jump, but yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, not not much to talk about here, but you know, solid performance. I think maybe some of her past Oscar performances kind of 
pushed her up into getting the role because uh, there were kind of weren't there two actors for the daughter it was really hard for me to notice because like my screen was really blurry but yeah there uh, there were oh sorry go ahead oh yeah if there were two then that means like it's kind of unfortunate that the other actress did not get any like it's kind of weird that they're both like nominated for this or no Olivia Coleman's the only one nominated for kind of the same performance, if that makes sense. Even though obviously mm-hmm. it's different, but like it's the same character. I don't know. But yeah, uh I think her past her past success brought her up for for this nomination. I think what you just said is actually a really interesting, a really good place to segue into screenplay because uh there are actually so there's three there's three actresses and three actors in this movie. Uh two of those actors are not Anthony. But, like, everyone who isn't Anthony is kind of rotating roles. So uh, the three actresses, Olivia Coleman, Imogen, Imogen Poots, and Olivia Williams, all sort of play each other. Like, uh, I guess it would be mostly Imogen Poots's character switches places with Olivia Williams pretty often. And Olivia Williams switches places with Olivia Coleman pretty often. But, like, mm-hmm. and so Olivia Coleman is never the caretaker. Uh, and... Imogen Poots is never the daughter, but the three, but like all three are at least two of those roles, uh, or there's at least two actresses in each of those roles, you know, regularly. And it's kind of hard to keep straight, which is the real one when, and like who isn't and what each of those actresses is actually doing. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I, I literally couldn't tell because Again, I couldn't. They 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 were cast to look alike, right? So like for me, um, due to the state of my of my viewing, it was uh, it for me it was kind of imperceptible. So mm. it's hard for me to tell who was who and who gave the better performance, um, which obviously is yeah, is kind of interesting. But um, in terms of like, but I that don't, is like maybe they were maybe they did give just as good of a performance in both ways. Um, so yeah, to me it's a little weird that only Olivia Coleman got nominated, if that makes sense. Even though she's the obvious yeah. choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, her her time as the daughter was kind of I think she had the most to do as the daughter, but mm-hmm. um where even though she would kind of switch out with Olivia Williams every now and then, the other, you know, Olivia Williams was pretty good too. But like I don't think Olivia Williams did enough. Really it really had enough of a role to make make that much of a difference i guess like make get get an Oscar. but anyway the point i was trying to get at is like the way that this screenplay works and i'm guessing that as a play it probably works this way too is like the roles are all they're not interchangeable but they're cast specifically to kind of confuse you so regardless of the exact reason why the fact that you were confused at who was who is kind of the point and it's pretty Mm. brilliant that pulls it off uh when it does yeah it's a i was gonna say a a cute it's a cute way of showing it but it's far from cute it's actually really depressing to as a way of capturing i guess what dementia is like so um yeah but yeah it's uh, smart i don't know if that's something they utilized in the play um but either way great great idea Kind of the impression that I got from the screenplay here is that this is a play about 
to put it a different way, this guy, uh, Anthony, has a lot of memories and he can't really keep them straight. So, like, he'll he'll mix up people. He'll, like, mix up places and things and where stuff is and, like, what just happened versus what, you know, happened 20 years ago versus, like, maybe his daughter said something and he figured that was the immediate future or something. He's got all of these mm. memories that he can't keep straight. And that's what this play is about. But then as an adapted screenplay, I talked about this in our Oscars in our nominations episode. I'm always looking for like, what did you take the source material and do something cool with it? And in this case, I think they, uh, I think that like they took the source material and then they used, you know, cinematography and, uh, cinematography editing and production design which admittedly are not adapted screenplay to like turn the play into way way more because as a play you know there's only so much you can do to confuse the audience while still like while they still know what's going on in a play about confusion where Mm -hmm. in a movie I mean, you're still limited. Like, there's an absolute limit before the audience just has no idea what's going on and cannot understand your movie. But you can get, you can do a lot more to sort of uh, to to confuse the audience. I guess to keep using that term um, before and and get the point of what this man's mind is like across. And um, so I think that this is a very well adapted screenplay. I don't know, you know, if I look at the if I look at the screenplay, is it that much different from the play? I would assume probably not. But they took it and they made it something very cool as a movie, which is not easy to do. Yeah, I, I, again, like, I guess I don't know how much they changed from the screenplay. I personally wasn't a big fan of it. I thought the. um there was kind of a lack, even though it was Anthony's movie, and I get what they were going for in terms of there's no real story arc because he has dementia and like everything's jumbled up, right? Um, I still didn't enjoy it because it didn't feel like it was leading anywhere. And it really, because um, I don't think it was paced poorly necessarily, but like, Due to the state of the screenplay, I think you could have cut maybe 20, 30 minutes from this movie and had basically the same effect. Um, I, uh, I understand what you're saying. I think like um, I think with this movie, uh, you, you've mentioned before, I think you talked about it with Man- like this movie to me feels like a slice of life movie, but the slice of life isn't the point. Like Mm-hmm. Um, because in, in a movie like Minari, yes, there is a plot happening. And in this movie, I guess there's a plot, but like the plot is sort of not important. It's just the plot exists to get Anthony to go through doors so that you can see what happens when he goes through a door. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I just like, sorry, wait, I don't entirely know what you're saying there, actually. Can you repeat um, I, so I meant like the movie doesn't really have a point A or a point B. Like it doesn't have a specific place that it's going. It's just sort of showing you a day in Anthony's life and why his life is hell, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I get that. Yeah. And uh, that's why it's just not because it, because it felt like the screenplay kept bringing up that initial because what it, I was kind of bored for the first five minutes until they brought in 
Mark Gaddis, who played one of the husbands, right? Um, yeah. And and then you have that twist of like, oh, like you have a seamless transition into the next quote unquote scene. So, but it's actually like in a completely different time period slash, uh, like, like memory, right? Like, because this isn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just so. Then you're like, okay, so now I kind of see what they're going for. They're switching things up. Um, can we trust Mark Gaddis? Is this like a real guy? What's going on? And then, so like the for the first twenty or so minutes, that's a really interesting concept. But they just keep doing it over and over again. And I feel like it's trying to make the audience feel like, whoa, like he still doesn't know what's going on. Wow. And it's like, well, yeah, of course he doesn't know what's going on. It's clearly meant to show that he's he has dementia for like the past hour like because i remember in that when he gets to the nursing home um i get that they have to keep reintroducing the fact that he has dementia because that's how it works but it just doesn't like you can't it's like they're trying to pull the same trick over and over again and it's a little exhausting and um i think also for me I like the how they used um, dementia as a topic, and I think it's like very relevant. And I, I hope that um, more, I guess, more efforts. There, there's more attention and more efforts to to learn how to not just cure dementia, but I mean, like, there with people that have dementia, how we can learn to treat them better or find better ways to 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 work through the problems they face, right? Um, mm. But this movie doesn't really bring any any of that up and in a way it's to me it's like the alzheimer's equivalent of green book or is it green book or what was i it? hope it's not green book because i don't uh, like that comparison with <laughs> marcia hara yeah okay it is green book then um Ooh. because for me it's just like uh look all like the movies is saying alzheimer's bad it really sucks that he has it but none of the characters are given any kind of like arc to to learn how to deal with it and there's no kind of like redemption in the end or not even like i don't need redemption because i guess dementia is like kind of an inevitable state once you're into it at least right now but the thing is is that everyone leaves him he's brought into that nursing home at the end and he's dealing with that nurse and the nurse kind of is like fakely kind of giving him like comfort if that makes sense it doesn't feel real Mm -hmm. to me and it's just like, so what am I taking from this? That having dementia sucks. Well, I I could have guessed dementia really sucks because I've like my grandfather had it, and also like I've read a lot about it, a lot about it. You know, I don't need this movie to tell me dementia sucks. Mm-hmm. What I would be cool is if they actually tackled the the heavier topics there of like how do we actually deal with this? Because um, to me, it just felt like more sadness point like oh look at this poor guy with dementia doesn't life suck for him and it's like okay well what's that actually contributing to society as a movie if that makes sense and that's why i compare it to green book because green book was also look racism sucks it's bad i obviously this movie was much better than green book but that that similar problem i had with them uh exists yeah okay i see what you're saying uh for me I didn't get that impression from this movie. Like to me, I didn't at any point come out of it with the idea, you know, dementia is better. dementia is any worse or better than I originally thought when I went into this movie. But like, to me, I cannot imagine what it must be like to live with dementia or Alzheimer's because I know it is like, you forget things. And I've actually, I've personally in my life never had to, uh, never 
Um, I've never had anyone close to me that had dementia or Alzheimer's. I have a grandpa who's a little forgetful, but like, it's, that's not the same. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, to me, to me, this is more a movie that's like, it's fairly neutral. It's just like showing you what dementia is like. And I do not know if this is, if this is like correct. Clearly the guy who wrote it does not have dementia. So I don't know how correct it could be, but it's just sort of like, it just kind of exists to at least try and show what it's like to have dementia. And where, where Green Book had a message of like, racism is bad, which cool. I didn't really get the impression from this that like the message was dementia is bad. I didn't really get the impression that there was that much of a message. Really, it's just, this is what living with dementia is like. And this is what it's like for the people around you. Because you can kind of like, the movie forces you to um, see things from Anthony's point of view. But like, as a person who is watching this, who probably does not have dementia, you can kind of like see everyone else's, you can sort of like see things from everyone else's point of view as well. I think uh, as you were talking, I was mostly reminded of a short film that came out earlier this year called Two Distant Strangers, which mm-hmm. is on its, I mean, it's very easy to take the message from that as well. Racism is bad. However, because of the way that that movie is filmed, it's like, or that that short film, Two Distant Strangers, is filmed, it's like the ultimate point of it isn't that racism it's bad, is bad. It's this is what it's like to live in a world where you can't do anything about racism. And like, not really in a way that comes across as sadness porn. Uh, so like, I think that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from on this movie. I didn't really get it. I, I did. I do get why you could see it as sadness porn. Cause like, Literally, the ending of it is just him being sad, and you're supposed to feel sad for him. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, I, I get it, but like, I didn't, I didn't really get the impression of that impression from this because I don't think this is a movie that tried to show any answers or even necessarily pretend that any exist. But it also like wasn't intending to make you feel sorry for Anthony it does make you feel sorry for it. It, it intended to make you feel sorry for its main character to some degree, but just because he was a main character who had an arc, not because he was a main character who had uh, memory loss. Uh, sort of. I, I think they towed that line a little bit. I, there were a couple scenes that really drew it over the edge for me. That scene where uh, <laughs> he's just, he's getting slapped in the face by Mark Gatt, just Mark Gaddis. He's just basically bullying. Like who does, who does, I'm sorry. It just felt really ridiculous. It felt kind of comical. Like who's, who's like, like harassing 93 year old men, if that makes sense. I, I mean, I guess it's like, this is a common, like an elderly abuse thing, but it, it's like, and that does exist in this world, unfortunately. But it, it was the little things like that that really did push me over. And I, I think for me, that's why I said they could cut 30 minutes off of it because if the point was to show what his life was like with dementia, um, I think they nailed that point pretty consistently uh, throughout the whole thing. So I think you could have cut it after like an hour and it would probably have most of the same effect as if you um as as an hour and a half movie because it didn't it didn't bring anything new to the table as the movie went on okay that makes sense actually um i uh yeah 
I did want to ask, and you've basically already answered this. Would you have liked this better <laughs> if it was a short film? Um, I think, well, like, yeah, I think if it was like a 40, 50 minute film, even an hour, I think an hour would have been good, honestly. Uh, I, I guess there are many reasons for why they would have wanted to extend it to past the, I think, I think the limits, you need at least 70 minutes to be considered a feature film. Minimum um, 40. Minimum 40. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I think it could have been an hour and it would have been uh much better in terms of if that's the point they wanted to get across then that's fine if there was more they wanted to unveil later or like um kind of get deeper into like uh like the actual uh like the dilemma they faced then yeah that that would have been interesting too but it just wasn't um wasn't there so that's why like if it was 50 minutes to an hour i think it would have been much much better in my opinion okay I don't know about, um, I guess you don't agree, right? You're, you're happy with the length. I, I, I'm happy with the length, but I do think this could have worked shorter too. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that that would necessarily be like something that I absolutely needed to happen, but I, I think this would have been a very good short film as well. Okay. So like, yeah, I can, I can kind of agree just with the caveat that like the original length doesn't actually bother personally okay that's fair um we cool. do still have two things to talk about but we've kind of touched on them so these might go by really quick this was also uh nominated for best editing and best production design what do you think of those what do you think of this movie's editing and production design <laughs> uh i thought the editing was good except for yeah the obvious pacing issues i think it did a good did a good job of confusing the like because i think a lot of how this movie worked was the editing had to confuse the audience in a way that intrigued them and not too much that it, it basically made the entire movie incomprehensible. Right. Mm -hmm. So I will give it props for the editing there and uh, production design. I don't remember much about it because I wasn't able to see much in detail, but it seemed like a, I liked how the set worked in that um, it felt, it felt like I, I, I see, I can see how, how it it would have been framed like how this was based off a of stage play and that it was kind of framed there the the production the set was basically framed in a way that kind of reflected how a stage would work in a way mm -hmm. but it was still done much much better than ma rainey's uh black bottom where it felt it still felt like a movie's environment and it didn't feel unnatural for the characters to be moving that way and i think it helped a lot that the movie uh, being based on dementia, uh, it actually helps that setting feel much more um, lived in, if that makes sense. Because it's like he's kind of trapped in his own home, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, 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 I like both of the aspects really well. Uh, what did you think? I, uh, I agree. I think the only thing I have anything to add on was production design, because uh, I would have to technically watch the movie one more time in order to know for sh in, in order to like confirm this. But I'm pretty sure mm. that the that the set was never the same twice, like never exactly the oh, same. Okay. Like they always changed something around uh, because mm. you know that's part of, and that helps to uh, to toe that very fine line of confusing the audience, but not enough that the audience loses interest. Because like you're always like as soon as you know to watch the watch the um, for things disappearing or appearing at random, then you start to do that. But like. Until then, 
you know, every now and then something might feel a little off, but you don't really know what it is. Cause it's like, I don't know, there's a cup somewhere that wasn't there before, or mm-hmm. he looks at the wall and the pa- the painting has changed, but not that much. Or like, there's a new painting there, but there's also more of the wall. So you're not sure it could have actually been there before. I think the production design is like, I think that as far as things go that were nominated for production design this year, this is my personal favorite by far. And I think it's just, mm. I think it's just one of the strongest. Yeah, it's a, it's actually really good. I, I didn't notice it personally, but like, I think if that, if that was true, that's a very smart way of, uh, doing it and that's like you know it's a little details that really matter as well um, or matter mm-hmm. a lot so appreciate that yeah so uh we've now talked about all of the oscars categories i guess like it would be interesting what do you think it could re- what do you think it uh, has a legitimate shot at winning if anything uh i was gonna say best actor but I forgot about Chadwick Boseman. I think yeah, we got powerhouse Boseman. Oh geez, it's it is actually an insane year for Best Actor. It, it just um, seems harder and harder. I I think he's obvious. He's easily going to beat Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, mm-hmm. Who are the well, other Sasha Baron Cohen? Sasha Baron Cohen's not nominated. Oh, he's supporting. Oh yeah, we got. Uh, who, who are the main ones? It's Chadwick Boseman, Riz Ahmed. Uh, dang, let me check. I'm having some troubles. We got Riz Ahmed, Chad, Chadwick Boseman, Gary Oldman, and Steven Yoon. Oh, okay. I think he can beat everyone except Chadwick Boseman. He's definitely second place right now. I would um, say... Oh, I would, I would say in this category, if by some weird, weird like turn of events, it doesn't go to Chadwick Boseman... Kind of all bets are off. I don't think it goes to Gary Oldman in that case, but like any of the other three could get it. And like Anthony Hopkins is tied with Riz Ahmed for being the strongest of the rest. Okay. Yeah, I guess I still have to see. Yeah, Riz Ahmed definitely sounds like a big guy. Um, but yeah, I I mean, he, he basically made the movie, so I think he would really deserve it. Um, but yeah, I, I think Chadwick Boseman... Uh, due to unfortunate circumstances is still a hundred percent a big powerhouse in this in this category mm-hmm. so yeah um actress uh, i think we talked about it earlier olivia coleman i don't see her winning at all nah i mean i think supporting actress is kind of another another category. It's it's the opposite of best actor where best actor is very clearly going to go to chadwick boseman best supporting actress could kind of go any way but yeah, I don't think it's Olivia Coleman. Yeah, and I honestly, I won't be upset, but like, I'll be kind of like, uh, she really doesn't deserve it, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyways. Uh, screenplay. I mean, I don't think it gets I, screenplay. I think it, I think it could. Like, it's, it's, very, it's, it's good as an adapted screenplay, but I really think that it just gets that one. Which one? Sorry? Best adapted screenplay. I think Nomadland yeah. just that. Like whether oh. you whether you want it oh. to or not, I think it's just going to get it. I I hope it does. <laughs> I'd rather this movie win the Nomadland personally. Um, but wait, where were the? God, I'm trying to find the. 
The nominees oh, uh, for screenplay father, were Borat. Oh, I don't know the that. other two. I don't know uh, the other two. So, yeah, Borat should win. Did you say should or shouldn't? Should not, should not. Okay. Yeah, other than um, that, we have One Night in Miami and The White Tiger. Yeah, I haven't seen those, so I can't say much. But yeah. <clears throat> uh, film editing. I don't... <laughs> Gotta look up the, I think uh, I think it could win for film editing. Film editing is a hard one for me to judge personally, I guess. Uh, and it's up against some some pretty strong stuff. I think I think if it doesn't take film editing, it'll go to either No Matter Sound of Metal and like. I think I would I would like it to win film editing. I think it has a shot. I don't know for sure. I kind of don't think it'll win, but I I think it's got a shot. Yeah, I'd say so too. I I still need to see Promising Young Woman and Sound of Metal. I I have a feeling Sound of Metals might stand a good chance, but we'll see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the last um, one is production design. I mean, personally, I think that this is the strongest in production design easily. Uh, is it a winner? I I think so. I think it just takes production design. The other competition here is maybe Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or like Tenet. But I think the father wins production design. I kind of want Tenet to win, if I'm going to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Ma Rainey should. I, I still can't believe Ma Rainey was actually nominated. Um, <laughs> kind of the same with Mank. I don't really think it was that great. But yeah, I think Tenet should win. But if not Tenet, then probably the father. Anyway, I would say I have this movie... I think that this movie will win production design. Aside from that, I think it goes away without any Oscars. Well, not that no. it necessarily should, but that's the one I think that it will win, and the other one is going to lose. I think it could come away with. I think it actually could come away with screenplay, um, mm-hmm. even though I don't like it. It just feels like the Oscars would like it, um, and film editing too. I could see that potentially. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's the father. You ready for next week? Uh, What is next week? Next week, we're going to talk about Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes, finally. All right. What's the last word? No, what did you rank? uh, We didn't rate it, give it a number. Oh, shoot. We didn't give it a number. I mean, we should still. I mean, it's still a movie. We still got to rate it. What do you think? What do you think? I'll give it a six point. I'm going to give this one I'm going to give it like a very good 7. I would put it closer to an 8, but I don't think it's an 8. So I think like Mm. a 7 it it would be like past a 7.5. So like it's basically an 8, but not an 8. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Sounds about right. Um, Uh, Jeff, what's the last word? (laughs) (laughs) The last word is Judas. (laughs) 